Hello listeners, watchers and fans of the SDR Disco Call show. If you've stumbled across this show or if you're a returning listener and watcher, this show is all about sales development and my role as a host is to introduce you to interesting and exciting people in the world of tech sales, specifically around sales development or biz dev where we're looking to prospect and book those meetings, right? But what's really interesting is learning how did these people get into this industry? What have they learned? What insights can they share to help you in your sales journey? And if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a rating and share it with anybody that you think could find benefit from this. And equally, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe down below. Now, with this interesting person that we've got on the show today... As the story goes, I'm forever prospecting, always be prospecting, right? And I prospected this person, told them what we're doing and said, would you like to come on board? And they said, hell to the yes. And they're here. So guests, without further ado, can you introduce yourself? Who are you, sir? Cool. Thank you, Neil, for having me. Hello to the listeners and everybody watching. So my name is Sheriff Shahan, uh, and I'm currently working as a enterprise SDR at Deal. Uh, for those who don't know Deal, we are actually the fastest growing SaaS company in the world. Um, and we help uh, people hire or companies hire people from anywhere in the world. So uh, payroll, compliance, onboarding, uh, and those kind of things. Thank you so much, Reef, and welcome aboard. That was a strong introduction, dude, not going to lie. Um, and where are you? So I know you're not normally where you are in the world, but where are you normally based in the world, Sharif, for our listeners and watchers? So I'm originally based out of Sweden. Um, Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, but since we work remotely, I uh, try to take advantage of that. Uh, and I'm currently in Thailand, actually working. Wow. wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm on the other side of, of the globe. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, I love that. I love that. So uh, that's a cool. So again, with Deal, uh, know quite a few people from the like Holly Allen, etc. And it is a, I, I always see it on LinkedIn that you guys are forever going cool places man like yeah. somebody might be in bali or in thailand and you know i freaking love that yeah. um and you know outside of sales sharif what kind of like interests you what hobbies topics and things do you get up to outside of sales sharif so uh i would say i'm, I'm a pretty regular guy uh i do normal stuff so i watch football i love watching football um which is soccer for our american friends mm -hmm. <laughs> just so about to ask a good point yeah, <laughs> so football, uh, and uh, I work out uh, when I can, obviously, and then I'm married, so I try to spend uh, time with my wife. Uh, um, and yeah, I love I love uh, to to watch like uh, conspiracy things. I love to. Uh, I'm really into. I've started reading books now, so you know, um, trying to do different things like uh, mm. and, and learn uh, on the daily basis something new. But the uh, majority is, is obviously, uh, I'm, you know, sales is, is my, uh, my passion, specifically cold calling. I think we'll, we'll tap into that more. Uh, 100%. Further. I yeah. love that. Thank you so much, Reef. So I've, I've learned a couple of new things there as well. So we've got kind of one of the sales elite uh, within us right now. No conspiracy theories right now. Yeah. But um, what we love to do, uh, and as a reminder for people that are watching this um, on our YouTube channel, we're going to visit Sharif's LinkedIn profile in a minute. But also as a reminder, with all of the guests that we bring on board, we'll always provide their LinkedIn profiles within the show notes. So if you want to connect with our guests, you want to pick their brain, or you just want to give them some kudos from things that you've learned on this episode today, I highly encourage you to do so. But Sharif, uh, checking out your LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. as you kind of alluded to, something that uh, caught my attention when I was prospecting is that you're somebody that's very passionate about cold calling. And you provide a lot of LinkedIn content and posts around best practices, you know, lessons learned, kind of things that you've gone through. And I think with recent, and again, I don't want to go into headlines or conspiracies, but the main topic I'm seeing on LinkedIn at the moment is, you know, Google putting some limitations on emails and people now going back to cold calling. So maybe this is coming at a great time. Yeah. We'll dive into that piece uh, shortly. But, you know, looking in terms of your experience, you've had a breadth of experience working in different places. So, you know, you've been a telemarketer, you've been a marketing intern, uh, you've worked in business development, you've, you know, been at Deal for the last year and a half or so, and you've done some really great things. But for our listeners and watchers, if we can kind of go back to the beginning of how did Sharif, you know, originally get into sales and how did you get to where you are today, sir? What's the story there? Um, 
Yeah, it's it's actually quite interesting uh, beginning because when I started in sales, it was just I was just 18 years old. I was looking for a job, and it was basically the only the only job that actually accepted people without any experience. Mm. Uh, you just had to, uh, you know, uh, be able to speak the local language, and then you could be hired. Um, so. I took a telemarketing job just because it was the only thing available at that time for me. And I was also planning to study uh, university, maybe a, a year later or whatever. But, you know, when I started working with telemarketing, which was uh, basically uh, with, as a telemarketer, the only thing you're doing is cold calling. So you don't mm-hmm. have or, or LinkedIn or whatever. You just have an automatic dialer that will dial numbers for you and you'll just try to make the, those calls and, and, um, it's not booking meetings, it's selling stuff because we were B2C also. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so from that point, I actually found some interest in in sales generally because I realized that it's a, it's a profession where you can actually um, yourself influence how much you earn and how much work you want to, um, effort you want to put into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also this uh, this thing with conveying people and persuading them through the phone, I thought was very. Um, I was amazed by it, and then I watched the movie Wolf Forced Wall Street. I think <laughs> Joseph Belfer, yeah, yeah. And then I found like, hey, this is actually a thing. Like uh, people made a lot of money back in the days. It was not hundred percent legal, but still things <laughs> that uh, that you know. Um, we're working and then from there it, it just become became a natural thing like i want to continue with with the sales i started studying sales on, a, on an academic level as well and marketing and, and international sales and then obviously as a student you had a couple of part-time uh, jobs uh, and they were all in sales luckily so i was gaining a theoretical background as well as as, as real life experience um so yeah, from there, then finished my studies, COVID hit, I was fired, and then I had to look for another job. And then it was basically uh, another uh, sales job, but mainly cold calling as well. So I went mm. there. And then, you know, from there, I've just been uh, all around the place, it feels like. But uh, yeah, for, for the last year and a half, I've been at Deal uh, as a SDR um, for the Nordics. And um yeah, it feels like I've done a lot for the past couple of years, but yeah. I still so much to, to do and learn uh, in the future. So, yeah. I love that. And there's some definite points that I kind of want to pick apart because you've said uh, some interesting things there, some which remind me of kind of where I've come from mm-hmm. in terms of my early selling days. But I think the first term you used was telemarketing, right? Yeah. So I think truth be told within the tech sales industry, this term isn't used as much anymore, especially within tech and startups, right? And there are a lot of people where I come across on LinkedIn and I still see telemarketing or telesales as their job title. And I'm like, that's a little bit prehistoric, dude. That's like way back in the day. But could you, like you've alluded to, you know, it's purely cold calling and selling the phone. Could you, for our listeners and watchers that may not be familiar with that term, what what is the world of telemarketing? What did it mean to you? And what did that telemarketing life feel like, Sharif? Yeah, so uh, like telemarketing is basically for those who don't know, like at least where I uh, was working, they're basically selling products on behalf of of companies to to B two C, so like to consumers. Mm. So uh, you know, uh, as a telemarketer, uh, when I was doing it, you had no prospecting, you had no uh, follow up in that sense that you mm. connect with LinkedIn. It's purely you're calling people, uh, you get the numbers automatically, and you try. You get a script and you're just making about, um, and I'm not exaggerating, but about 300 calls a day. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you're sitting for eight, nine hours per day. You're just speaking to people on the phone. You're getting rejected and you're getting, um, some people are friendly, some aren't, <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah. with cold calling generally. But yeah, um, for me, it was, it was a, an interesting experience because... What I learned there, uh, which I thought back then was just for that job, I've come to realize that what I learned as a cold caller, as a telemarketer, is actually one of the most important sales skills uh, 
so far for me. Uh, mm. because till now, I book majority of my demos through cold calls. I connect with my prospects uh, the best way through cold calls. When mm. I'm out of pipeline, I w- want to book meetings. I have to jump into the dialer, sending 100 emails. Wouldn't get the same result as sending 100 cold cl- or making a lot, uh, 100 cold calls. Yeah. So you know, uh, having that background, I think going into tech sales uh, was just a pretty natural thing for me to keep continuing with, with what I've already learned. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I love that. Like that, that's blown my mind a little bit in terms of the volume that you're doing. And as you mentioned, it was like within a B2C market where you get the names, you get the numbers, you're not doing email follow-ups, you're not doing LinkedIn connections. The whole sales cycle in essence was on that call, right? Yeah. And I can only, you know, fathom speaking to potentially 300 people a day, you're going to learn a lot of conversational skills. You're going to learn about inclination, tonality. You can kind of hear it in their voice when they're getting into something and, you know, when they're trying to be like, no, I I don't want anything to do with this, right? And you're probably going to face a shit ton of rejection going through that. So, and the reason why I bring this up, because it does kind of remind me back in my days of, I didn't do it to the volume you did, but when I first started tele-sales, I was doing $120 a day and my KPOs, I had to book a minimum of two meetings for account managers to go off in the field and actually meet these people. Yeah. But I remember, you know, kind of sitting at my desk um, and just having this call list from Salesforce. So all we had was uh, uh, Eloqua leads, which for some might be now today Pardo or Marketo. So people that hit the website, the numbers and names come up. And every morning I'd refresh Salesforce and I'd just see a whole list of names and numbers. But I didn't do none of the LinkedIn stuff. I just saw a name. I just saw a number. And it was shit scary. But I, I, I kind of got into the habit of enjoying it in the sense of I'd have my morning breakfast and gym. I'd sit down and it was like a chicken farm. Like we had like, uh, you know, yeah, those, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, fenced in sort of boxes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I'd have my little, I used to have a picture of a motorbike. Uh, it was a Honda CB600F, like it was a Honda Hornet. And that's my goal. That was my visualization. So every time I had the rejection of the core, that reminded me why I was doing what I was doing, right? But, you know, I kind of got into this thing of, I remember I used to see around with all my colleagues, like people were also scared. Some people were just veterans. They just did this for years. They were used to it. But I got into this habit of visualizing as if the person was in front of me. So I used to close my eyes. I used to sit up straight and I used to have a smile in my voice. Yeah. And what I used to look for was the horrible people. I used to love fucking with people yeah. that were really rude, right? Because <laughs> it, it was just some excitement to the day because of the monotonous calling. Um, and I kind of had this discussion with a rep the other day. I said, like, he, he was cold calling a VP of sales. And this guy allowed this rep to go for eight to six minutes. They didn't book the meeting, yeah. but he was challenging the rep saying, so what is it that you do? Why would that be interesting to me? And my rep was saying to him, like, no, he was such a dick. I was like, no, he was in essence toying with you, but he gave you a chance, right? Yeah. But, you know, that falling in love with the art of it. But then kind of when I left that job and I went into my first startup, it was a different, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. It was yeah. a different world shift because um, I wasn't doing call lists to that extent, but it was maybe 20 to 40 people a day. But there was the email follow-up. There was the LinkedIn connection. There was the warm intro and stuff like that. And what skills do you feel that you took from telemarketing now serves you well um, within SDRing? Yeah. I think the the, uh, most important thing I learned from from my background as a telemarketer was the the resilience part. Uh, Because... It's it's a mentally uh, hard job to to uh, be able to to execute on on a daily basis. Um, mm. A lot of people give up. So you know, coming from that hardcore background and then going into a more tech sales where you have a little bit a bit more professional. You have a LinkedIn. You have emails. It's not as demanding uh, mentally, at least as as the telemarketing job was. I think uh, that's that's why when I entered tech sales and sales development, um, it was it felt like okay, this 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 is nice because now I can also work with quality. I don't have to make three hundred dials a day to, to mm. hit my target. I can build relationships. 
people I speak to can actually see me. I can connect with them. I can have, you know, um, can book discovery meetings with them. So it, it became more like I, I enjoyed um, coming from that hardcore background into tech sales because it was completely like dynamic was different, but mm. it, it kind of required the same mentality. You yeah. will be rejected. You will be. Uh, people will hang up on you. Uh, you will have hard times, but you just have to to do what you know works best and just keep going. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think it, the shift was was pretty uh, easy for me uh, because I had that hardcore background, but yeah. I obviously had to adapt to a more strategic uh, rep. I have to think more long term. I had to be more professional, obviously, because I represent a company now. Hmm. They can see me. They can visit my LinkedIn profile. So. <laughs> You're a real person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telemarketing, it was a bit because it felt like you weren't a real person. We even had like fake names. So not calling saying, oh, my name is Sheriff. You're using some other name. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, in tech sales, it was different. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank, thank you for sharing the insight. And it, it does make me think because I get a lot of, you know, we can get some cold calls. Or I can hear somebody from another country with, you know, a perhaps different cultural background and they're saying their name is John. And I'm like, is your name John? Yeah. Doesn't sound like a John, but then again, anybody can be called John and yeah. not to like peg that on there. But yeah, going into that, having the scripts and reading. And I think, you know, with a lot of reps that I meet nowadays where they're like, I need to get this script on point. I need to have this open. I need to have all of these things. And I'm like, Scripts are cool, but they remind me back of my days of my telemarketing. Like, this is what the sales leader said we had to say. Yeah. We can't deviate from the scripts. And I'm like, I don't really like scripts. I like prompts. And then not having to look at that script, right? But again, we'll dive into cold calling best practice from yourself because I definitely want to hear those and help our listeners. But another thing that interested me that you said was, you know, you were studying sales. Right, so you watch things like The Wolf of Wall Street with Jordan Belfort's like uh, persona, um, and you're reading things like that. So I think there's a lot of people that come into this industry, and they may ask, "What should I be reading? What should I be listening?" Or how would you position studying for sales, and what kind of resources helped you, Shuri? So um, it, it's basically trying to understand the human behavior, psychology, and mm. sales techniques, sales methodologies. I think that that's what I uh, meant when I said studied sales. And I was like, uh, I have a bachelor's degree in international sales and marketing. So yeah. uh, it was, but it was more like industrial uh, sales and marketing, not really tech. So um, the things I learned there, uh, the majority of it wasn't really related to what I'm doing today. Mm. But um, some 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 sources like some books I read, some uh, some techniques I learned, spin selling, for example, yep. uh, how to break into major accounts. I think that that has come to 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 usage now now in in my position right now. Hmm. Uh, but it's really about you know uh, the psychology behind sales, like how do people how to speak to people, how to approach them, how to adapt. There was one book I I read. Uh, while I was a telemarketer, because obviously the only thing you had was was you know you're speaking to them on the phone, so it was very uh, important for us to understand how to approach the people we speak, where you get <laughs> to learn a little bit about the different people or four colors of people, and mm. and how to identify them as well as how yeah. to approach them and speak to them. So you know these 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 uh, books and these uh, techniques have taught me how to how to actually be uh be very adaptable uh with my prospects like when i speak to someone like i just i can i can book meetings and i sound like uh, i don't know i'm a co-founder of a company whereas some demos i book um i sound very i would not say silly but very informal and it's because mm. the prospect i'm speaking to give gives me the same vibe so it's all yeah. about this adaptability um and i've learned that obviously from experience but as well from from reading and studying uh, psychology so and i like that you hit upon that you know the psychological element to this because um some uh, and you know also alluding to like mirroring people so you tend to mirror the type of people that you you speak to right within sales and in, in life in general so like sometimes people ask me like no that people that don't work in sales like what do you do for work and i always have to kind of think of tailor my response to that so for some people i'm like i'm a sales therapist 
For some people, I'm a sales trainer. For some people, I say I'm a sales coach. And for some people that, when I'm talking to, depending on the environment, and so sometimes it could be within music. So I also work in music. Yeah. And sometimes I say I study people is my job. Mm-hmm. Right? So if we look at, as a sales coach, I need to kind of analyze the type of personality of the person I'm coaching. Is this somebody that maybe is lacking confidence? They're feeling a bit introverted. Or is this somebody who's like a high performer? They're very extroverted um, and they need, they have black and white thinking. Yeah. And equally, like back in the days of sales cycles, I need to kind of peg, like psychoanalyze my prospects. Yeah. You know, is this VP of sales like, what is this person's agenda? What are they looking to get? Are they qualifying me? Yeah. And all of these things. But then it kind of bleeds into friends and family and discussion. So I'm forever just watching people. And I'm very interested in people. So kind of the advice that I've given to some SDRs is, okay, we need a sales process. We need a methodology. We've got a solution. But focus on the conversation and how that person's speaking. Like, what are you hearing back with your active listening? And, you know, if I'm doing a cold call review where they bring the recording to the coaching session, yeah, um, I'll sit there with a rep and I will sit there because I'm, stu- I'm closing my eyes and I'm studying what I'm listening to and hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And my rep said, oh, he's just being a dick. And I'm like, I don't think he's being a dick. I think... What he's doing is he's toying with you, yeah. but he's allowing it, he's enjoying it. And it's the study of people and behaviors. So if you expose yourself to hundreds, if not thousands of people, like you did 300 people a day, you're going to learn characteristics and things that make people tick. That makes you a great conversationalist, yeah. but equally somebody to do transactional business with and do closing deals because you get the person. So I'm like, focus on the human on the other side, because there is that saying of people buy from people, but what's your thoughts on the psychology and the, you know, the psyche within sales and that conversation going on, Sharif? I mean, I'm, I'm fully aligned on what you say here. And, and, you know, it, it's all about, um, this, it's very cliche, obviously people buy from people, but it's, it's still very true. Like, you know, you, you're not doing, you're doing business with companies, obviously, but it's still people that you're talking to and all the best. Mm-hmm sales reps i've spoken to when i asked them for advice they like just make them like you that's so mm. important like you have to adapt to the person you're speaking to and and in order to 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 be able to do that you have to learn how does the human mind work and, and how how do they respond to certain things and how do they um what what can like people people trust people that are alike them. so adapting your tonality your your jargon how you speak what you say mm. Is, mm. is crucial for for success in in sales and i think even more like especially cold calling where you don't have any face you just have your tonality as your body language basically like now we're sitting you can see my body language i can see mm. you well but in cold calls it's completely different so i think it's very important to study basically the the psychological aspect behind um behind people to to be able to sell to them yeah, 100%. And like, there may be something like, oh, Neil, you, you, you guys sound a bit manipulative, right? Yeah. Using psychology to like, yeah. but it is like, like truth be told, and as a lot of our listeners watch this, I'm not really much of a reader, right? And I, I haven't really read many sales books or methodology, etc. It's based on the experiences of what I do. But like for context, um, if you speak to people day in, day out, and you do this face-to-face or in your office, I'm always looking at how people's facial movements work or their body language if they're gesticulating and stuff like that. Yeah. So those are things, I don't know, maybe perhaps I'm on the spectrum, but I pick up on things that some people may not pick up on. Mm-hmm. And it's those things or mannerisms that when I was cold calling, I would try to imagine those things. Yeah. So if I heard somebody speaking a little bit low, maybe they're sounding like they don't know they're concealed and hold up. Yeah. But if they're really open up and they're talking like this, and I, I would try to imagine that within the call. So to your point, if you don't have that visual cue of that person speaking, yeah. and I know, apologies to everyone if we're going a bit deep into this, but this is something I'd, I'd love to kind of lock your horns with and understand how you see this. Yeah. But it's this, the experience of people. So like for me, if I go onto a meeting with a prospect and I hear how they ask me questions or how they may object to something, if I then go into a Zoom meeting where I see a CEO doing a pitch deck and how they're talking and how they're commanding the message and yeah. the audience, yeah. if I'm hearing a, uh, a rep 
where they've done a cold call and they've been recording their tonality of how they responded to a question or how they did it. I'm so curious and intrigued yeah. by hearing and watching those things that that's my sales book. Watching the actual salespeople do it, I love yeah. studying that stuff. But yeah. what about you, Sharif? How, how does it sit with you? I think uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I've done it unconsciously. Uh, and especially now in like, even in, in my my personal relations with, with family, friends, my wife, uh, neighbors, whatever, like just, you know, when you say something, you look at how, how their facial expressions, how they react basically with, and it's, it's unconscious. That's why it's so important because these signs are unconscious. So they're giving you hints on what they want or what they, they uh, like or what they don't like. But they're not saying it; they're showing it unconsciously. Mm. And in, yeah. even cold calls, the tonality, like even the small moves and ahs when you're pitching, like if you could pick up on these things, uh, I think those small details uh, have made me sharper uh, mm. on my cold calls. Uh, just because I try to pick up on bike signals when they ask questions, like that's a positive thing. I used mm. to get nervous by getting asked but now i embrace it like hey they're asking me so there is some form of interest so yeah. it's it's all about you know trying to to analyze and adapt and learn uh, how to to approach people uh i think that's uh key to 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 success in sales i love that thank you for sharing sir and you know <clears throat> coming back to your journey and you know like you said uh covid happened and then you got let go and then you kind of moved into deal what was that transition like for you between COVID being let go and joining to what was that period of life like Sharif and what was going through your mind and what were you trying to evaluate work-wise? Yeah. So I was studying for three years and I, I couldn't have a full-time job. So I was really looking forward to, you know, finish my studies and start working full-time. And I had, I had two jobs at that my last semester of my studies, but then when COVID hit, uh, I got, I was let go by both of them. So mm. I, you know, new, new, freshly graduated, and I had no job. I had to look for a new one. So I, I joined. Uh, and the thing is, I was always like, I knew that I would manage it because I know I have the experience. I know that cold calling, especially, and I'm very like obvious with it. I love cold calling, and I'm not just saying <laughs> because managers like to hear it; it's because I actually enjoy it. So I knew that I would, I would find something. Um, so I, f I found a job. I learned a lot from there as well, but it wasn't really, I felt like I was a bit overqualified to be honest because of mm. my experience, but it, it was the best thing for me at that moment. And then I was actively looking for an SDR job because that was the, that was the job I was, um, promised to get after I finished my studies before. Uh, so SDRs, yeah. like I aimed to be an SDR and I was actively looking until I found one at the Danish tech company. Um, and that's where I got into a purely sales development position, right? Mm. Uh, and then from there, a couple of months, uh, was almost a year, and then I went into deal. So, you know, when I came into deal, I had the SDR experience along with cold calling and some marketing background and, and all this kind of stuff. So I think it was a perfect match. And deal at that moment in the Nordics was, uh, was just starting in the Nordics. So I think mm. it was it was a good match to to for me to join because I really like set the like built the brand uh, kind mm. of with my cold calls and speaking to to highly relevant prospects and, and stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know if if that was answered your question. It feels like yeah, I'm yeah, the place, but yeah. it did. It, it's it's a nice journey of you know being like you said being let by let go by those two jobs post COVID. You know, but you knew that you are a great, you have great skills that are going to aid you within your sales role. But like they said, they gave you the promise of being an SDR, but obviously that didn't come about. Yeah. So you then had your target of securing the SDR role. So you knew where you wanted to go. Yeah. And coming across the company that aligned with your skill sets that could benefit joining that company at that time. And sounds like it was a great deal, pun intended, right? So yeah, I, th I think that's beautiful to hear as well. And I know a lot of our listeners and watchers of recent Neil, like just get into the cold calling bit. I, we will get into that because yeah. I want you to be able to help our listeners to become a cold calling master. But obviously, I like to do a little bit of a tease, Sharif. I like to, you know, just warm up this conversation a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. so 
I think I've got a really big question that's been burning in the back of my head and I've been meaning to write a LinkedIn post about this. Okay. But I think here is an opportunity for me to share my thoughts around cold calling okay. and then get your opinion on this from somebody who's a cold calling master. Would that be fair? Fair. Shoot me. All right. So there's lots of LinkedIn influencers and gurus and people telling people what to do with cold calling and I just see cold calling everywhere. Everyone's just saying cold calling hashtag. Yeah. yeah. And the part of me psychologically is thinking it's just calling. Why do we keep calling it cold calling? And then it makes me think as a coach, is it because of the word cold placed into this for new reps that brings the fear and the scares to it? Because going back to our tele sales or marketing days, we didn't call it cold calling. We just called it call lists. Okay. So I never heard the term cold calling until I started getting into tech sales. Mm -hmm. And I think where I see LinkedIn influencers or gurus or, you know, just people in general, let's just call them people for the sake of it, right? Talking about cold calling, I'm wondering, does this cause the anxiety and fear and put the pressure on? Because if I just said, let's just imagine we never heard the word cold calling in our life yeah. and I had a brand new SDR and I just said, you're just going to be calling people. You're going to have telephone numbers. You're going to try to speak to them. You may have never spoken to them before, but it's just a call. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is that a mindset we could instill in ourselves before we pick up the phone? Or am I waffling on, Sharif? What, what are your thoughts, dude? To, to be honest, I don't think the terminology would make such a difference because um, I think it, it, it's all about the calling, the, the action itself, calling people, interrupting them. Whether mm. it's like, even when you see with people, working with with inbound leads um that have shown interest they they would not try to call them but instead reach out via through email or linkedin or whatever so i think it, it's not really about the call part i mean we can remove it we can call it calling or whatever yeah um but it, it's it's about this you you you're calling someone that is not really expecting your call and i think that's where the anxiety comes from that you're interrupting somebody's day hmm. uh, and and you know, maybe we'll we'll touch upon that, but it's just part of of the game. You will you will feel. That. I'll feel it every morning. Like, hey, I feel a bit anxious uh, about calling uh, somebody randomly, but I just because I've done it so many times, I'll just do it, and it disappears as soon as you have the, that first interaction and a conversation. It mm -hmm. just fades away, and then you're you're suddenly in the mood of of, of hitting the dialer. So. I love that. And thank thank you for sharing the perspective on there. Um, because I'm always trying to look at ways of, you know, reducing that anxiety. And I don't know, it, it was just, I think it's because coming from that background of the telesales, yeah. like when I became an SDR manager and I said, okay, you need to call these like prospects and reach out to them and stuff. Like that. But to your point, oh, we're going to interrupt the day. What happens if they tell me to piss off? And, yeah. you know, what happens if I get in trouble? I'm like, dude, you're just calling people. It's just like not the end of the world. But it was because of my mindset where I've come from. But for them, they'd never done it before, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think <laughs> I've had hundreds, thousands of conversations about, you know, just don't worry, it's just calling people. Um, but why don't we dive into this point of, you know, cold calling best practices? So rather than me just sharing the question, I just wanted to hand it over to you, Sharif. Like what, Let's let's segment it. Okay, what makes a great cold call? Then how would you structure a cold call? Yeah. And what advice would you give to somebody that's just about to pick up the phone today? They're listening to this episode before they're going into the office. What advice would you give them? Could could we answer those topics? Yeah, let's take it in, in order. So the first thing was uh, what makes a great cold, great cold call? Yeah. So for me personally, after my seven years of, of cold calling, I think uh, the, the, the ultimate goal of, of calling somebody is not to make a sale or book a meeting. It's more of having a conversation, to be honest. Um, if you interrupt somebody and they're not expecting a call and you still manage to have a three, four minute conversation, I think that's a success. Hmm. And that's how I measure my success. Because booking a meeting is more about if there is a fit or not, if you really could help or not. And that's something, that's another part of, of, of you know, uh, a cold call. But just having a conversation, I think that's that's um, that's what makes, I mean, if, if you aim to have conversations, that's when you'll see 
the the results coming in and you'll book a lot of meetings and bring a lot of revenue to to, to your company mm. so yeah I, I i don't know like if you were aiming at at specific tips or tricks but just how to measure a success i would mm-hmm. say it's by did you have a conversation did you manage to get through the first i'm not interested or not and really present and say why you you actually call or were yeah. you rejected just from the beginning I think there's some solid advice. And I would agree with you because um, someone put on LinkedIn yesterday, I'm the only SDR of my own lead generation company and I'm having to do cold calls. And he put three things that he's actively doing to make these really good cold calls, like mm-hmm. numbers, getting everything ready. Yeah. And I kind of chimed in because my heart went out to this. Yeah. He's, he's, he called himself the youngest SDR on LinkedIn at the moment. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so it got my heart. And my kind of three tips was to him was, you know, um, the, having the smile in your face with the tonality, make sure you're sitting up straight or make sure you walk around as you're doing the call so your conversation flows better. Yeah. And where he was saying that he needs to do X amount of dials, I said, rather than the number of the dials, see how long you can keep the conversation going, Yeah. right? So, you know, as a former SDR manager where some people you say you need to do 100 dials, I said, I'd rather have, yeah, but 100 dials, if they're all lasting 30 seconds to less than a minute, yeah. then that's not a conversation, right? Yeah. But if they're averaging, you know, 30 to 40 calls and averaging between three to five minutes, that means you've actually had a chat yeah. and discussion with that person. And the last, you know, tip that I gave this person was make sure you just repeat back what you've heard from that person before you dive into the next question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then it, it, it displays, you know, active listening. So I think that does give us a good understanding of what is a good cold call. And in your own uh, way, Sharif, how do you structure a cold call today? Yeah, so I'm, you know, obviously the, the first 10, 15 seconds are the most important ones. They are the ones that will, uh, you know, make it or break it, basically. If, if you have a, a, a good opener that you sound professional, you sound upfront, you sound uh, respectful of their time, um, I think that's where they will, you'll earn the right to pitch, basically. If, mm. if you, So I try to always try to nail the opener. That's like, my 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 goal first 15 20 seconds nail the opener and actually like let's put it like this i have an analogy i always use and it is when you're calling somebody cold call i say cold call when you're calling someone unexpected Mm. it's like breaking into someone's house basically yeah that's that's the that's the defense trigger that that's triggered in their mind like hey why is this person calling me so they're always like this right like with their guard up they're like their hands up they're ready to fight you so the first 15 seconds i want to lower their guard and make sure that that i get the opportunity to pitch so i have a yeah. very like i think my linkedin I've, I've posted a couple of times but very upfront straight easy opener and then i go into pitching right and pitching is the reason for the for the call why i actually call the person and here yeah. i don't go at like pitching my product because I think that's that's not working anymore. Uh, yeah, it's more of pitching the problem or dealing with the problem. So trying to be relevant from the get go. So uh, if I'm calling somebody, I I wanna I wanna make sure like the first sentence that I say in my pitch resonates with them. Mm. So it's always about you know preparing and seeing how you can help them and kind of pitching the potential problem they might have from what you you already know. Yeah, and from there you know. Then the call goes like right and left and back and forth because that's where you have the conversation. You ask questions, they come with their objections, you ask for the meeting. So, you know, um, that's that's basically how my, I, I structure my calls. And there is a formal way of doing it, like, you know, but I don't think there is any call call that follows that line. So try mm. to know the, the, the opener and the pitch, and I think the rest is, is just a natural thing. It's a natural conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And given what's going on in the world at the moment, <clears throat> right, there there is a forever a debate on LinkedIn, um, you know, cold calling is dead or cold calling isn't dead or email is dead or this isn't dead, you know, with the whole Google thing happening at the minute. Yeah. What is it like doing cold calling for you right now? Like what is the reception from your prospects when you try to speak to them and cold call them? Um, what are the typical responses given the current climate and the world is going at the minute? How are people receiving your cold calls at the mission? What's that experience like? I think people, I mean, the, 
obviously there there will be people that will reject you and be very rude but i mean the majority are actually very receptive they appreciate your call they um i mean they don't ask how did you get my number that often i think they they're fully aware that hey we 2023 we have technology that we can yeah. get that so yeah. the majority is actually pretty friendly and 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 they appreciate especially when you, when you can teach them something or educate them about something or um tell them about the, like remind them of a potential problem they they might have so you know it, it's about giving value when you call somebody if you, if you don't book a meeting if, if you provide any form of value they'll appreciate yeah. it um and you know i think having that connection building that connection is is essential for um for actually for for ultimately generating revenue is building that trust having that initial conversation and you as an sdr in sales development you're you're giving them the first impression of the whole company so yeah i think it's it's much more professional to have a real conversation than to just behind behind emails and i'm not against emails and just want to make this clear for all for yeah. everyone listening i'm not against emails on linkedin i think it's a great way to to interact with potential customers but if you really want to learn if you le- really want to uh, perform if you really want to make sure that you're booking quali- well qualified meetings i think the, the phone is is your way to go I love that, dude. Thank you for sharing. And you're right, like um, calling is the quickest way to get through to somebody, right? So many a time, even in personal or business life, if I find myself writing the email and it takes me about 10, 15 minutes, I actually just say, forget this. I'm just going to give them a call because it's just easier to get through, right? And if I'm making friend, uh, plans with my friends and family, they always know Neil's the caller and I'm not really the texter as much. Yeah. But equally on the other side, I have to, I've learned that some people prefer different channels of being contacted. So I think a tip that I kind of express when you get on a cold call, when you're coming up with those next steps or securing those next steps, it's cool to actually ask the prospect, hey, what is your preferred communication method? Some people actually like a follow-up on a phone or they want an email or actually they don't want their company knowing we're talking right now, so they want it in the LinkedIn DM. Yeah. So I think that's a good question to ask. But as you know, working with lots of SDRs, having a multi-channel approach, which incorporates calling, emailing, LinkedIn. And what we may find, you know, over the course of a year, some channels work better than others. You know, some people may not be up for calling, but, you know, a couple of months later, everybody just wants, prefers a call because they're being inundated with DMs and emails popping off and everything like that. Like, dude, when I open my inbox, because people try to prospect me, I'm like, whoa. Okay. But um, in terms of, okay, for, for our listeners and watchers who are predominantly new to tech sales yeah um right let's just imagine we've got this rep they've woken up in the morning they've done their breakfast they're heading uh, to work they're listening to this show mm-hmm. on their commute and they're like dang i need to do some cold calls today and yesterday wasn't that great yeah what advice would you give to that rep to help them in their cold calling in the morning or in the afternoon whenever they're doing it so it mainly like it's okay to feel or or to have that anxiety i think many people just because they have that feeling think like hey they're they're an outlier or something uh, mm. but it, i mean it's calm it's okay to feel anxiety over cold calling and you know uh you know nike's slogan just do it just do it yeah i think i think it's it's so like on point like just do it uh i mean what could happen worst case you'll be hang, hang hanged up on but the best case scenario, you'll book a meeting that will generate revenue. You can get promoted. Like, you know, th- there's the, re- the the reward is so big compared to, to the risk. Uh, so so just do it and um, make sure you're prepared as well. I mean, ju- don't just call for the sake of calling. Uh, make make some research. Don't have to spend like half an hour per prospect, but at least have some background information before you're calling. Mm-hmm. And try to have a conversation. Like, you're a human being. They're a human being. Try to be respectful of their time, um, and you know, as I said, just do it. I think it's the it's the easiest way to to summarize this. I love that. I love that. And you know, um, it kind of reminds me again on that mindset and anxiety. It's cool to feel unnerved by, right? That's just normal. Otherwise, you wouldn't be human, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I watched this really cool video from Alex Omozi, um on TikTok the other day, and he was kind of talking about cold calling. Mm-hmm. And imagine, uh, so he's walking in a hallway with lots of different doors and he's knocking on the door 
So he knocks on the door and he says, hi, I'm Alex. I'm trying to introduce you to this company. And the guy shuts the door in his face. Mm-hmm. And Alec pauses and he looks back at the camera and he says, okay, so just what happened? He said, I just got rejected, right? He said, but am I any poorer than I was before I knocked that door? Have I just lost any money? No. And he says, so what do I do? I just go to the next door. And I think that's the mindset of, okay, even if you get told to piss off and rejected, you're not going to lose any money from doing that cold call. But he then said, imagine if you do go to the door and the person is interested, guess what? You make more money. Yeah, exactly. So you're not actually going to lose anything other than maybe your pride and ego for a couple of seconds. But, you know, you can't have everyone, right? Yeah. And, and even with pride and ego, I mean, now I have the mindset of if they're shutting me down and if they're not willing to listen, they're the ones losing. Because I actually, and it comes back to your belief in what you're selling and that kind of stuff. But when you call someone and you know you can provide value and they don't want to listen, you're like, hey, you're the one losing, not me, because I, I could help you, but you're stupid enough, so you don't want to listen. <laughs> no, it's their loss. Yeah, it's their loss. It's about this, and it's a mental game. To be honest, cold calling is all about mentality. How much, how many rejections you can get but still keep going, how many calls you're willing to make. And, you know, this, this debate about quality, quantity, I think, you need to, to, in order to get to quality, you need to, to, to make some quantity as well. You get to quality through quantity. So you mm-hmm. need to make a, a certain amount of calls to, to, to get a certain amount of, of meetings or sales or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I completely uh, echo that, that analogy. Mm. Um, and I, I have a similar one, but maybe it's not too appropriate here on this <laughs> well share that with me in the dms after this one yeah um but you know to your point of value i've probably got a lot of listeners and watchers just sitting there like dude i wish i could just get some time with sharif and just you know talk about this cold calling thing or learn you know best practices for somebody that's been doing it seven years and a vet in the game so what i'm happy to share with the audience um, and again if you're watching this on youtube going on to sharif's linkedin profile as you can see he has a link where he's got something saying become a cold calling master yeah. So Sharif, your people are able, if I get this right, people are able to book in time to learn your best practices, your experiences to help them succeed in cold calling. Gotcha. Is that right, firstly? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a tailored one-on-one session. Uh, you have to, to answer a couple of questions so I can tailor it based on your experience, your needs, and mm. where you are, where, where you feel like you're stuck in order to help you. And um, yeah, I mean, it's... and. Just I've written it there as well. It's it's not a magic pill. You still have to do the work. But yeah. I can equip you with some some advice that I would appreciate in my early days as as a telemarketer or SDR. I love that. I love that. So for our guests, listeners, watchers, I'll be putting the link into Sharif's service uh, where you can book in time with him to get some best practices and help on your cold calling. And I like that point that you put on. Um, you want to tailor it for them so that when you give them that advice, it's not just generic, No, here's a script that you just need to use and go and do that. And just uh, for transparency, I don't get any affiliation or money or anything from this. I just want to help out our listeners and help out Sharif by providing the service. So we'll put that in the show notes and links for you to, to click and review. All right. But Sharif, it's been you know an absolute ball having you on the show. show. Uh, so my question to you, sir, is um, imagine there's this young Sharif who's just about, about to embark on this life of SDRing, cold calling, getting rejected, and all that sort of stuff. What three bits of advice would you give to that person to help them on their journey? First thing, and I still remind myself of this today, is focus on what, what is controllable. So watch on the input you can do. Don't focus on the outcome. Mm. Uh, um, or I mean, focus on what, what you can control, basically. The results will eventually fall in. Um, the second thing is find yourself a routine, a system in sales, especially it can get very uh, chaotic sometimes. So find yourself <laughs> a routine, a system, yeah. have like some form of systematic approach to your work uh, in the long term that will that will uh, benefit you a lot. Um, and the third thing, trying to think here as uh, 18 years old, uh, I mean, if, if you do it right, and this might be some not the tips, but some kind of motivation. But if you do if you do sales right, you'll earn a lot of money. So I mean, it's a it's a it's really a profession. You you I mean, it's a corporate job, but they they 
I mean, the level of, of how much you can earn and the people you can connect with and the things you mm. can earn is, is unlimited. So um, if, you're, if you really want to influence your own income and your own network and wealth and you don't have a, like an idea of building out multi-billion dollar company going to sales, you'll learn a lot and you'll, you'll, you'll earn a lot of money. So yeah. I think it was more than three points, but <laughs> but three three uh, valid points, and also you get to travel to places like Thailand and work exactly. remotely and work for a really cool company like Deal, right? <laughs> Again, I'm not paid by Deal for saying that, but um, and you know, last uh, but not least, in terms of gratitude, like, are there any shout outs or kudos that you'd like to give out on today's show, Sharif? So I don't want to like uh, name people, so I don't forget others, but. I think the people that, that that I work close with, especially at Deal, like managers and, and peers, and also some LinkedIn friends, to be honest, that I've connected with, that, that I've learned a lot of them, and we've uh, together uh, shared and learned from each other a lot. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, that would be fine. I don't want to name people, so I don't forget anybody else. So yeah. No worries. Thank you very much. And also, I want to say a massive thank you to our listeners, watchers, and subscribers for joining us on today's On Sharif's Journey and interesting insights and tips that you just got on uh, Nuggets for Cold Calling. As a gentle reminder, you will find Sharif's uh, LinkedIn profile links as well as his cold calling help and best practices within the show notes and in the comments as well. Uh, and a gentle reminder, if you could please give us a rating on our local podcast platform and share it with anybody that you think could benefit from today's episode. And equally on our YouTube page, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe down below. But Sharif, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting a cold calling master. I appreciate your time, sir. Yeah. And most importantly, happy selling. Thank you. Yeah, it was a blast for coming. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.